JNT250 is back, Blue Jay is back, and the Clown Fiesta podcast is back. Our first episode of 2022. And with that, the LCS lock-in is back. That will be starting this Friday and going for the next few weeks in January. Finally, we have some LCS content. JNT, real quick, how was, the, how was your little break over the last month or two? Pretty good. And uh, kind of sleeper because of COVID. But uh, yeah, just hanging out. Just hanging out, waiting for time to pass, waiting for the LCS to start. Pretty uh, much. That's pretty much how it's been for me, too. So let, let's get into it. Okay, we got lock-in happening. Why don't we start by sharing what the groups are? Just a little refresher. I'm sure people know the groups, but let's give a little reminder. Yep, so uh, Group A uh, leads up with 100 Thieves, who were obviously, you know, they got first pick in their little lock-in draft that they did. If you don't know what they did, you basically, you picked a team to go into the opposite group. Um, so the way that it went is Group A is 100 Thieves, Cloud9, TSM, Golden Guardians, FlyQuest. Group B is TL, EG, Immortals, CLG, Dig, and Toss. So that basically means that with the first pick per se, 100 Thieves chose to put TL in the other group and the rest went as followed. TL put Cloud9 in the other one, Cloud9 put EG, and so on and so forth. Oh, is that how? I thought that it was... Um... I thought that 100 Thieves and TL both started in their groups because they were like the... I thought that's how it worked. Either way, they put teams in you know, yeah, their other right. group and 100 Thieves got the first pick. So whether or not 100 right. Thieves yeah. put them in that side or, you know... The point remains the same. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, there's also a lot of rumors and kind of just things aren't really clear as to who exactly is going to be starting for all these teams. We're starting to see some teams make some announcements of what their rosters are supposed to look like for this tournament, but it's all very last minute, and some of it is just straight up rumors. JNT, did you want to give a little more house cleaning, if you will, as to what t what we should kind of expect these rosters to look like? Yeah. So what we do know, and stuff that has been confirmed by all the teams, is TSM is fielding their entire academy roster. Uh, they put out a statement saying their LCS roster hasn't even gotten a chance to play together yet because their two young Chinese mid laners, LDL mid laners, they were last year, haven't even come over uh, to the US. So first of all, that's kind of crazy that they literally have never even practiced with the season. Like sure, yeah. lock-in starts in four days, but the season actually starts in three weeks and they haven't even practiced. So that's kind of crazy. Um, Cloud9, what we do know is that all of their Korean-based players and coaches can't get over in time for the lock-in tournament. Uh, that means Summit, LS, Berserker, and Winsome, as long as a couple of the other uh, Korean-based people they have on their coaching staff, like Autumn, they can't come. So Cloud9's roster is going to be Darshan, their academy top laner, Blabber, Fudge, Zven, and Isles. Um, and then lastly, Dignitas just very recently put out a statement saying that River, their jungler whom they acquired from PSG Talon this offseason, is not playing with their team and uh, their academy junglers playing. And we kind of wondered, like, because it was possible that Blue would be in the same boat, but I would imagine that if Blue wasn't playing, he would have been part of that announcement. Yeah. And so I'm going to go off the assumption that Blue is playing. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you, we have to, that's the weird thing about all this is we have to kind of pick it all apart and figure out what the rosters are going to be. But yeah, and those, uh, and those are only all the things that we know. And like there is, as we said, a bunch of unknown. Like I'll pull up the rosters. Those aren't the rosters. I'll pull up the rosters here in a second just because there are a few imports to point out on each team, which, you know, at this point, we don't really know whether or not they're going to be able to get back to NA in time. So you look at 100 Thieves, their imports are closer on Abadage. Um, 
you know, we haven't heard, haven't heard anything. Dignitas, uh, Blue, like we said, hasn't been talked about, but we presume is good because we think he would include it in the river thing. Yeah. E.G. Right. Inspired, uh, FlyQuest, Jose Diodo and Takui, Golden Guardians, Pride Stalker, and then Immortals, Cersei, and Power of Evil. So what I do know is that during Hotline League tonight, because Peter Dunn was the guest, I saw Inspired make a little, we'll call it a guest appearance. He literally just poked his head out at the camera sort of thing. I don't even know if he knew he was on camera. He was just walking in the mm. hallway. So I could tell you Inspired is in North America. He's probably Either playing that or, then. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so that gives us a little bit of, again, just doing some in, uh, uh, detective work. It gives us an idea that Inspired is likely playing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the last one to talk about is uh, Team Liquid because, you know, they're also, they're, there's a bit of confusion there. But one thing that we do know is Bwipo put on Twitter saying that he is playing because he posted something on Twitter as he, like, just arrived to North America or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. I want to say this was, like, five or six days ago. Um, so we do know that Bwipo is playing. We assume that Santorin and Bjergsen are playing. And, you know, we don't really know about Hansama or Core JJ quite yet yeah it yeah that was another thing on on hotline it seemed like travis had sort of heard that core jj might not be playing but also peter dunn seemed to indicate that he might be playing so that's another one that's a toss-up um well i guess we'll just have to wait and see i don't know what to say usually when we do this kind of stuff when we do little updates like this the next day all the rosters get announced so i'm sorry if you're listening to this on wednesday but as of monday night this is what we knew um so whoops yeah tuesday for whatever reason seems to be the day where they just always announce stuff that we've just talked about you know the night prior yeah that's just how it always works let's talk about the strength of the groups let's just start there which group do you think is more difficult like which group do you think has the better teams jinter well i mean i guess i would have to say based on like rosters alone and like perceived you know strength coming into it i think you would have to say group a because they have three of the five because uh, you know to be honest i think everyone recognizes that there's a clear jump from one two three four five to six seven eight nine ten and group a has three of those teams 100 thieves cloud nine and tsm but what we know right now is cloud nine is not going to have their their main coach their main top laner or their main bottom lane duo um and tsm is basically playing their entire academy roster uh whereas you look at the flip side of group b I guess based on your, we'll, we'll call it like Inspire's little troll appearance on Hotline League, EG's going to have their whole roster. Uh, from what we know, Immortals CLG, like we can maybe assume that they're playing with their four rosters because they haven't said anything. Um, and Dignitas is missing River, but you know, Group B is, is looking quite strong over there, presuming they're at full strength. I also went with Group A. I mean, I went back and forth on this. And again, a lot of it has to do with, well, is this guy going to be playing? Is this guy going to be playing? In the end, I just went with Group A, um, just because I think that you, no matter what, I think you have to say that 100 Thieves is is going to be a contender, seeing as they won uh, the LCS last summer. So there's that. The other thing with Cloud9 is like, yes, they have. There's a lot of question marks, seeing as most of their rosters missing, but also it's not like they're. <clears throat> excuse me, it's not like they're being replaced by players that we haven't seen necessarily before. Um, perhaps Isles, but. Like, Zven is still a good AD carry, and Darshan's been around for a long time as well. It's not like we're getting unknown quantities. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that just because Cloud9 doesn't have their starters that they've just fallen off a cliff all of a sudden. So there's that. 
TSM, I can't pretend to know anything about TSM. I have no idea. And then I guess Golden Guardians and Fly, I just think, are mad. But I think those kind of get canceled out by CLG and Dig on the other side. So <laughs> if if I knew TL uh, was have, had all their starters and I knew EG and IMT had all their starters, I'd be much more inclined to give a little bit more credit to Group B. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's too hard to predict when we don't know what the rosters look like. Yeah, I think if the rosters were at all at full strength, I think I would probably go with Group A. Um, but considering, you know, two of those you know, big three and three within the group, uh, Cloud9 and TSM are going to be playing, you know, not all their players. I think I'll, I'll just slightly swing over to Group B just because, uh, you know, EG, you know, on paper, they have a really good roster. And I think Immortals is pretty underrated uh, this season. But we'll just have to see. Yeah, I, so out of like, there was talk, um, I want to bring back to what you said before about the top five and the bottom five. And most people have said if there's going to be a quote unquote bottom five team that pushes into the top five, it would be Immortals. People have a lot of faith in Xerse and, and Power of Evil. And I think with good reason, like these are guys that have had success in this league. Xerse, I know, I know last year was not the greatest year for Immortals, but people that are that have been listening to us for a long time know that I've said Zerse actually looked really good last year. He just wasn't on such a great team. And we've seen so much success with Power of Evil. Um, someone brought up on Hotline League tonight a really good point that, like, think of all the junglers that POE has played with, and he's all of their junglers have performed really well with him. Spika was an MVP last split. Um, the one before that, where did he play before? Uh, Santorin. Before that, and then even Wiggly, I remember... I was going to say... Wiggly was even, this is where I need to remind people, Wiggly was fourth in MVP voting that, that last split in 2019. I still can't believe that that was the case, but I remember when we saw, that was the year that uh, the finals was in Detroit. We were there and we saw mm -hmm. them play. It's like, it's hard to believe that just two years ago, I guess three years ago now, CLG was not that bad of a team. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, and that was with uh, Power of Evil playing in the mid lane. So I guess what I'm saying is like, you could make the argument that PoE makes his jungler better um, by going to, well, what is it now? Three or four different teams um, and having good junglers with all of them and seeing what happens after those junglers lose um, or specifically seeing what happened with Wiggly after he lost PoE is an argument again in PoE's favor. So mm -hmm. just some, some things to, to highlight there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, looking at the flip side, if we talk about, um, one, I think, team that has the chance to push up, at least in Lock-In, I think, going, going over to Group A is Golden Guardians because, you know, they're retaining, you know, two of their best players from last split in Licorice and Ablaze Olive. Um, everyone who watched us uh, at the end of last year knows how good I thought Ablaze Olive played last split. I thought he was a top three mid in NA. I thought he was the third best mid uh, relative to performance, maybe not team performance, but individual performance. He was he was definitely better than, than the likes of Perks and whatnot. Uh, you know, based on what we saw. And I think coming into lock-in, I think it's going to be a real test for them to kind of see how they mesh as a team, specifically with Pride Stalker, a player that we really know nothing about uh, from the TCL. TCL, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, TCL. And Ole, coming out of retirement, um, I think this team has the potential, at least in lock-in, to really do some damage with a weak TSM and a weak C9. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Golden Guardians actually like won some, won some games here. So I'm a little bit more cold on Golden Guardians. now. Was there rumors about Pride Soccer not coming over? Is I getting that right? I or have no? no clue. I could be making this up now. I, I thought that there was rumors that Pride Soccer might not be playing. Um, 
and I guess I don't I don't even know who the backup jungler would be in that case. I, I feel like once I saw the name, I'd be like, oh yeah. But besides the point there, I do think Ablaze Olive looked good last year, but I don't think that he looked good enough to carry what I would say is still a below average team. I don't think Loss was particularly great on TSM. I don't know what to think about Olay because the last time we saw him, he did struggle. And look, I know there's the the story behind Olay right now is that he's grinded really hard to get back, and I, I tons of respect there. But solo queue is solo queue, and, and like I can't just say, oh, you're doing great in solo queue. That means that you're going to be great in the LCS. I'm not that much of a. I'll, I'll need to see more from him before I start believing in that. And Licorice, while I do think he definitely got better when going going to Golden Guardians last year, he definitely looked worse. And even his last year in Cloud9, I remember saying like Licorice has started to look worse. And so his career for me has been on a downward trajectory. So I'm not that hot on on Golden Guardians. I think that. Um, they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in this group. Actually, probably fourth. I think I would only have FlyQuest behind them if I were to guess. So, I'm just saying with like a week Maybe third. And a I week could see. Cloud them, I could see them. Yeah, I could see them taking games off TSM. I even though I know C9 doesn't have their starters, I would still have C9 finishing ahead of them. I think. Yeah. We'll just have um, to see. So your sleeper pick is Golden Guardians. Yeah. Um, is it sleeper if my pick is C9? Is that weird? Yeah. Why is it weird to you though? Just because just of because who they you are. Think they're supposed to be a good team. So, I think yeah, it's just because of who they the are. Identity of the team, or what do you mean exactly? Yeah, it's just the identity of the team. Just like, so, just like it would be crazy to say that, like, cloud, like, like, I don't know. Just to just to even put Cloud Nine out of the top teams in the league, just because they are Cloud Nine, feels weird. Yeah, like let's in a world where Cloud Nine has a terrible roster at this point, you would kind of give them the benefit of the doubt that like, oh yeah, like they're gonna pop off with all these rando players that we've never heard of. So it's just, it's just more like that. Like not that it's a surprising thing, but like it, it just would be like just weird to have them outside. Lamato LP in the live chat given given me uh, I don't know what to call it. I guess some I um. Uh, what's the word? Uh, some sarcastic flame saying TL is my sleeper pick, Kappa. Uh, yeah, okay. So I don't think that those are the exact same. The reason why I actually think that C9 can be a sleeper pick, and I don't remember exactly what Peter Dunn said about Cloud9 during Hotline tonight, but he sounded very cold on them as well. And the, the discussion kind of sounded like C9, um, they're playing their academy roster, so they're going to look weaker. But like, I still don't look at this team and look at them as an academy roster per se. When you still have Blabber, Fudge, and and Sven all playing, like, I don't know. Yes, they have academy components with Isles and and um, and Darshan, but I, I guess I just don't think that they are an academy level team. And so I think that they need to be given more credit. I guess sleeper the 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 term sleeper pick is more of a it's relevant to the perception, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is I think this team is better than the perception that um, the community is giving them. And my other one would have been Immortals, but we kind of already talked about them. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if we talk no about, faith in um, your CLG boys, dude. No, I, I not really. <laughs> um, I guess the short answer is no, honestly. Like because I don't think I don't think they're as bad as people think, but that doesn't mean that I think they're good enough to really get out of their group or whatever. So that's mm -hmm. why I wouldn't put them down as a sleeper pick. Honestly. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna talk about, you know. We've obviously talked about the good teams in lock-in. If we're going to flip over to the bad teams in lock-in, uh, assuming, you know, 
if 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 FlyQuest is gonna not have their imports, I think they're probably a team that's really gonna struggle. Considering I think you know this team initially last year was sort of built around Jose Diodo. Now they're bringing Takui in, who's this like big time LFL mid laner uh, who won MVP back in spring and uh, finished second place, I believe, in summer. Uh, so to not have him or Jose Diodo potentially probably ruins their chances of winning any meaningful games considering from what we saw last year, Kuma wasn't very good. Johnson wasn't very good, although he is being you know paired up again with Aframu and they mm -hmm. did have a lot of success together on Dignitas. It's, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like instant success, them getting back together at least. So FlyQuest, yeah. I, I'm not expecting big things out of them. I think FlyQuest is a tough sell right now, um, especially with how Johnson looked last year. The, and the redeeming thing is that he's being paired with Aframu, like you mentioned, right? And that's a that's a bot lane duo that I, I've been very vocal about. I thought was great when they were on Dignitas, uh, was, I guess, two years ago now. But, I mean, that's really stretching to going back two years to, to expect the player to play that well. And then Kumo, like you said, I don't really have a lot of faith in Kumo. We've seen him in the league on a few different teams now, and I just, eh, I'm not that excited about Kumo whatsoever. I really thought that somewhere somehow they would find a better top laner than kumo but i'd be more than glad to be proved wrong i'm just not buying it so i'm not expecting good things out of FlyQuest. however my pick for like what team i think will look the absolute worst is actually dignitas um i'm not very like i'm not very hot on top and support i don't think that biofrost uh looked very good the last time we saw him in the lcs in fact i i thought that he really struggled his last split with tsm and then same thing with Fake God. I think Fake God had a pretty good start to last spring. So just a year ago, he had a pretty good start to the spring, fell off pretty hard in the middle of the season and never really found it back. And I think the problem is when you have what I see as two holes in your lineup, it, you really need some firepower to be able to make up for that. I, if there was someone that would be that firepower, I would have said it's probably River with how we've seen him perform at world and, then he's and not rivers here. not going to be there and so i don't think i most people would think that i'd be cold on dignitas because of blue and i know that that's largely the community sentiment is that blue is like not deserving of being in the lcs and why did we go and get one of the worst lec mid laners i don't have much of an opinion on blue i haven't watched enough of his games or, or i don't remember enough of his games rather so he's not the one that i'm main, mainly worried about for me it's fake god and biofrost and i just don't see dignitas coming out uh, swinging in this one, I think they're going to be the worst team in the league uh, this year. Yeah. Um, similarly, just in terms of like roster outlook, I'm definitely not hot on CLG at all. Uh, just mainly because of you know, I don't even want to say like the roster choices they made because they were probably presumably fairly limited. But running back Palafox in mid lane, or not running him back, but you know bringing him in when he was one of the worst mid laners in the LCS last split, he had a couple like pretty decent games where he was doing some carrying. But other than those, maybe like four or five games, he was kind of just inting. Um, you know Jenkins is like a pretty big question mark in top lane. He showed, you know, a solid you know six or seven yeah. games when he was subbing in for Alfari on pretty much exclusively Gangplank and Akali. So I guess we'll have to see what how he looks off those champions or, you know, maybe those champions are still going to be in the meta. And then their bot lane, you know, there, there's really not too much to talk about there. You know, their bot lane is basically 100 Thieves Academy bot lane from last year and Luger and Poom. Um, I know people are pretty hyped up on Luger just in terms of like him being a prospect. Um, but I just think where you when you pair, you know, these these two rookie players in, Je in Jenkins and Luger with two heavily underperforming players in Palafox and Poom, it's really not going to be a, a, a good mix. 
and then throw in contracts in there. And I feel like we already kind of know who he is, and we've seen him on this style of a team back in Golden Guardians in Season 8 after he you know, left Cloud9. He really struggled to play well and to work well with the team when he had weak laners because he was just doing the thing where you're like plugging too many holes on the ship and the ship's sinking with water and holes keep appearing and it just doesn't work like that as a jungler. I have some faith in contracts and Jenkins. When I look at CLG, those are the two players that if this team's going to have success, I think it's going to be mostly because of them. There's still a lot of people that not have not given up hope on Palafox um, despite last year just because I guess... Um, it's only been the year one year. Prior, their their performance in, in academy the year before, I guess. Um, but for me, I'm I'm not a buyer uh, of Palafox. I'm I just I didn't like you said there were some carry performances, but they were way too few and far between for yeah. me to be excited about this player. Um, with that said, I think most people are totally fine with what CLG has done because my God, how can you do any worse than what they did last year? Right? Mm-hmm. They got in a bunch of veterans that couldn't win any games. At least you're kind of doing sort of what. Most people would would consider a rebuild. And so even though the sentiment around CLG is they don't expect amazing things, I think most people are still pretty happy that they went a different route from the good old-fashioned get old, washed-up players and just fail. Yeah, um, no, so. I, I definitely agree there. Like, I I do, I, I very much prefer that they went, you know, kind of young guns uh, in terms of building their roster. However, I still think they could have picked a better mid laner and support at the very least. I think, you know, support makes a little bit more sense because Poom only played, what, like 10 games in the LCS? Yeah, he looked absolutely awful, but he basically went from amateur to LCS within like four months. A um, very short period of time. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, the, the guy was clearly not ready. Um, and at the same time, pairing him with his academy uh, counterpart uh, from last year is great. And that's probably going to have some already built in synergy there. But uh, you know, mid is mid is going to be a glaring weakness on this team for sure. So, who was your absolute bottom of the league CLG. team for this year? You think it's CLG still? Yeah, I mean, I think I if, thought you were going to go with FlyQuest. I don't know, like it just matching yeah. up, like matching up to Dignitas. Like if I match up CLG's roster against Dignitas's roster, I would rather have their support AD mid and jungle. Hmm. You'd rather have so wait say that again support AD. I, I would I would pref- I would everyone rather but top? T- everyone but top. I would take I would favor Dignitas, not by much, mm. but I would favor them. And and I think similarly yeah. you compare CLG to FlyQuest. Like I would rather take Jose Diod over. Actually, maybe I wouldn't. Okay, not jungle. I would take mid AD support and mid AD support. FlyQuest is closer from FlyQuest. You would yeah. take those. I yeah. See. It's close though. Yeah. I mean, I think like bottom three is is going to be a tight race to split for me with CLG and Toss Flight Quest. For me, I like I don't think Afro moves anywhere close to those supports. I think he's way better than them. Oh, I for think sure. He's just been playing on bad teams, so I think it's very obvious that anyone would take Afro when it comes to those three squads. But I think we're in agreement that that's generally where you're looking for bottom of the league. I would maybe throw Golden Guardians in there, although I'm less confident in that. I think they're maybe slightly a little bit better. Um. But yeah, definitely. I got faith in Olive. All right. Who's winning the tournament, JNT? Uh, 100 Thieves. Yeah, think, that's why. I uh, well. that's, uh, I mean, I guess I would say it's an easy, an easy answer. Maybe other people wouldn't say that uh, just because of the star powers of some of the other rosters. Like when you compare it to an EG who gets, you know, inspired and they're running back Danny with Vulcan, who is a presumed upgrade over Ignar, you, you could say yes or no to that. Um, but. 
and with TL, but I mean, we don't even know if TL's playing, you know, their bot lane, and I think the bot lane is the strength of that team. Um, but 100 Thieves, should they be playing all their players, um, they're going to win. Uh, they were the best team last year in the LCS, performed decently at Worlds um, in that second week compared to the first week, um, and they just have the added benefit of, you know, playing together last year. They already have built-in synergies. They don't need to, you know, worry about, like, teamwork and communication as much as all the other new teams will have to. Um, the only reason I, I foresee them not winning is if they want to do some top lane experimenting with uh, Tenacity. Hmm. So uh, I was going there next. Do you think it's... Tenacity is going to play, yes. Yeah, I, I think that they want him to be the starter. That's oh, what I think. When that's they what I this want. Move, I don't think this is... Uh, we're not sure if we want Someday or Tenacity. I think it's they want. they think Tenacity is better, um, but they haven't seen him play at the LCS level yet, and so let's give him a shot. And I, that's why it's oh, we haven't really decided. I think as of right now, they think Tenacity will be the better top laner, and that's why they went with that. But they didn't want to bust, and so they were like, well, let's hold on to Someday just in case. That's what I think. And of course, that's pure speculation. Just want to be clear about that. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I think. The other thing that I want to mention... Well, here, can I just, are you, were you going to jump off yeah. Tenacity? I was just going to add Yeah, something. go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was like, this is like the perfect litmus test or a player like Tenacity who hasn't played at the LCS level but isn't going up against like stellar competition in this lock-in tournament specifically. You know, in his group, he's going up against Darshan, TSM's Academy Top, whoever that is, Licorice, and Kumo. And, you know, other than the TSM's Academy Top, those are all like veterans of the league and have been around for multiple years. Darshan, literally the definition of a veteran, has been around for like 10 years at this point. You know, yeah. he's, he's going to be solid. Darshan's not going to be great. He's not going to be bad. He's going to be solid. And that's similar, you know, what we're kind of seeing with Licorice right now. Like, he's not as good as he once is, or once was. He's not bad by any means, because he performed quite well in this Golden Guardians roster last year. He's solid. And then Kumu, like, he's like a 5 or a 6 out of 10, but, like, that's a guy that you should beat. And, like, that will be a good way to show tenacity that he does belong if he goes out and beats these other top laners. If I, if, if I was Papa Smithy, I'd be playing tenacity the whole way. I wouldn't even play someday. Yeah, I, and I think that's what we should expect. I wouldn't be surprised oh, shit, Viper, if... Man. If regardless of how this tournament goes, if we see Tenacity starting at the start of the split as well, because I'll remind people that the record th this year, spring records do not carry over into summer. And so I think that gives you a little bit more leeway of experimentation of what you want to do. Now, of course, you still want to win because you still want to get that crack of going to MSI and competing there. But my guess is I, I think they still want to go with Tenacity. I think that not just for lock-in, I think that they're going to go with him uh, to start the split as well. And then they'll make adjustments if they need to. If it's absolute disaster, then maybe they'll go with, uh, with Someday. But, yeah, I, I, think, um, I think that's what we want. We want Tenacity to start and then start the season. But I, I, I probably think it's going to be the reverse where they're going to start someday, someday. And should anything go wrong, Tenacity's coming right in. Interesting, interesting because I, I guess the only reason to say that is if like like why would you just sub someday out all of a sudden unless well, like I, my question would be why would you say that tenacity is on your starting roster if you just plan to go with someday well just why would you even change your roster like why wouldn't tenacity still be your academy top laner i guess is what i'm saying yeah i mean i guess maybe they just think you know he's going to learn more you know playing with the team than not playing with the team and maybe as you said they wanted to be part of this team but you know, they're going to sub him in in a moment's notice should someday yeah. show any signs of weakness. Yeah. And, and back to what I said before, this is all speculation from us guys, but it will be, it will be interesting because replacing someday is like, like this guy's been around, man. If you're replacing someday who's been, how long has he been in the LCS for now? Is this, this is sixth year now? 
He's done five, I think. Um, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Start of yeah, start of the sixth year. Yeah, so that would really be something if you're the guy to replace someday um, on a team that just won the LCS as well. That's another thing. Like that, that would be pretty, pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, sorry. Anyway. What were you gonna say? I uh, don't remember. <laughs> Sick. Um. Yeah, unless you can remember what you're going to say. I was just... Oh, yes. I just wanted to say that even though we have the graphic up of uh, the TSM players, I did have, like, I just want to say that, um, did, did we, oh, we, we said the roster earlier, didn't we? Who's, Who's roster? playing the, the TSM roster? Viper, I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't read it out because I don't know what it is. Okay, it's Viper, Hyper, Takeover, Instinct, and Yursan. I think I'm saying all those right. Um, I had that on that, that little graphic that. You know, yeah. that white one, the ugly one that we put did. In the, chat, the other but... ugly one, let's say. Yeah. Oh, did he? I, I can't, dude. I'm so bad at reading live chat and, and doing that. I, I'm sorry, Lamau LP. I'm doing my best, uh, but I'm just a terrible multitasker. Um, um, let's pull up the odds. I want to show people what the odds look like um, just on, on betting sites. And the reason why I think this is relevant is because what this does, guys, is it kind of gives us... It's really blurry, so we'll yeah. say what they are, but... What this does is it gives an idea of what the community thinks about these teams, right? So TL being the favorite kind of tells you, or being the lowest payout, you will, kind of tells you that most of the community thinks TL's taking this thing, and then 100 Thieves is the second favorite. But JNT, I'll let you go over them, uh, let people know just how favored or not favored some of these teams You want are. me to actually say the number or just read it out in order? Just, let's just go in order, because the, the odds aren't that... Yeah. Maybe we. Yeah. Just go ahead. Because because based on the odds, the way that the we can call it community quote unquote rates the teams. TL most likely followed by 100 Thieves, Cloud Nine three, EG four, TSM five, uh, IMT six, Golden Guardian seven, FlyQuest eight, Dig nine, CLG ten. Yeah, and uh, it I guess to get just of how much of an upset it is for CLG to win this tournament. That's what this is. Is which team's going to take the lock-in tournament. CLG is 100 to 1. So that kind of gives you an idea of just how bad the community thinks they are. Yeah. <laughs> or I've power-ranked them, if you will. So yeah. the community seems to think that CLG's the uh, the bottom feeder or whatever you want to call them. And then, yeah. Yeah, inter- interesting. The that... three teams that we mentioned, right? We had the FlyQuest, Dignitas, and CLG. Like we mentioned, those are the three teams that are the least favorite here. Yeah, and I mean, just one thing to point out is like these, while these are, we get some sort of general sense of where, you know, people feel about the teams, you know, this probably, you would think, doesn't necessarily include all the things we know now about who is playing roster-wise because it's quite surprising that Cloud9 are so far ahead of a team like Evil Geniuses when we know Cloud9 is going to be missing a lot of key pieces. Similar to Team Liquid, we don't really know, so those numbers might not necessarily so reflect that. They do and they don't because like things can always change. Like if more people start to take Team Liquid, then that number is going to go lower and lower. But this is from today. The screenshot that I took here is from today. And so we've known for a little while now that C9 wouldn't be starting the roster. And so the, the odds on C9 were a little and bit lower. The payout rather was a little bit lower. And so it's gone up a little bit, but this is like, I still think regardless, people think C9 has a better chance of taking it over EG. People myself got faith included, in LS. Myself included, I actually think C9 has a better chance of taking it over EG. But I, I, I think I said this even before the off season started, like EG still like my team that I'm really, really excited to see. I think EG and C9 are the teams that I'm most excited for 
TL close behind just because of all the firepower that they have. But yeah, okay. Last thing before we get rid of this little graphic here, J and T, where's the value? If you if you were to put five bucks on a team, or or two teams, if you will, which one are you taking? Probably EG and Hundred Thieves. So I I, I I actually did put five bucks down on two separate teams. So I okay. could say confidently that I would go with 100 Thieves and Immortals are the ones that I went to. Immortals getting 25 to 1 to win the tournament. I thought about that, but like, <clears throat> let's be honest here. Nobody is going to win anything out of all the bottom five LCS teams. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's never going to happen. Why not, man? Listen to okay. me again. This would be the time. It's okay. never going to happen. Oh they are God. never going to win lock-in. None, none of these so five teams are never going to win lock-in. None of these five teams are ever going to win spring. None of these five teams are ever going to win summer. Like It's lock-in, man. I'm Anything just saying, it's, it's just not going to happen, though. You heard it here first. It, so, I agree that it is less likely to happen, but this will make it so much better. Like, if one of these teams win JNT, you have to come back and clip this and sure. play it in a future episode, please. Sure. Like, it's just, it's too good. Um, I mean, you're so confident that's not going to happen anyway, so you don't care. Sure. Yeah. Um, my, my thought process is, if they play this tournament 25 times, does Immortals win it once? Nope. Yeah, I think they do. If it's played 25 times, I think they win it once. So, anyway. Who knows? Maybe if they play who 26 knows? times. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, uh, the last next? thing, well, the last thing I was just going to say is, uh, if you didn't know, but not surprising at all, uh, the LCS did announce that the whole tournament is being played online because uh, of COVID. Not really surprising at all. Uh, a lot of leagues around the world um, are going back to online uh, because of COVID, uh, specifically the LEC as well. They came out and said uh, out of you know player health and safety, they're going back online. So you know who knows if that even you know decreases the what was I going to say? I like not even the hype, just like. Just the players themselves care even less because it's online and like, ah, it's online, whatever. Like, I don't think that's the case. I think like, regardless, this is a time because I don't even think the players look at this so much as a tournament they have to win, but I think it's, they look at this as like, we need to hit the ground running for the season to start. So like, this is some of the best practice we're going to get. And so that's why you take it serious, right? Because this is, these are your quote unquote scrims before the year starts. And that matters a lot to teams. You don't want to start wasting your time or you don't want to get off to a bad start. So I don't think that that will hinder any of the uh, performances or, or attitudes or whatever it is personally. But I, I mean, I guess I can't speak to every single player. The other thing too is we're not surprised by this. We all saw this coming as soon as Omicron hit like a month ago. I was like, I know yeah. that the LCS is not going to be back the way we want it to be. Um, also, do you remember me saying when they announced the, the spring finals were going to be in Houston? And I said, why even announce that? Because there's a chance that another variant pops up and that it's just now I realize that's still months away. I realized. But this is a perfect example of like, why even announce it? It's not like people are clawing their eyes out to get tickets to the, the spring finals in what? It's like April. It's like April three months away or whatever. 24th. They announced it in like August or something. Yeah. Well, it was just the location. Yes, I know. I, people, the some thing is, some people got to plan in advance for that stuff. Yes, I, I I think worlds is something you definitely have to. But like I I don't know. I don't think that there's a good chance that it doesn't happen. Who knows? That's something we'll have to wait and see. And I guess I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but I won't be surprised if the next announcement announcement due to COVID is that we can't do spring finals in Houston because blah 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 blah. 
<sighs> same old story that we've had for the last two years. Yeah. Anyways, uh, what's next, Jinter? Yeah, well, I think we will quickly run down, just quickly talk about some of the Season 12 changes uh, coming into the game, because obviously, you know, new season, new game, sometimes, not really this season. Uh, but there are some significant changes rolling out into Season 12, or Season 2020, as they call it, or 2022, as they call it, which is stupid. I don't know why they Yeah. They, they just, yeah, they ever wanna, since Season 10... Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. But yeah, it's season twelve. But yeah. anyways, new champions are in. Uh, from what we know, we haven't heard anything otherwise. Uh, Action and Vex, you know, are going to be played. And from everything Finally. that I've heard from like pro player streams and everything, both of these champions are OP. So I think we're going to see a lot of Action and Vex, similar to how we saw a lot of Gwen and Viego at the start of season eleven. When you know these champions just kind of festered in the off season. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of buffs buffs and nerfs to them and we're finally going to see them pulled out in pro play and everyone's going to be like oh my god they were so broken strong anyway but like come on like like everyone knows this is going to happen specifically akshan literally everybody's saying is completely broken yeah and uh, can you believe akshan came out like i don't even know how long ago like three and, months and ago I, no longer than that longer than that um he was in the last tft set or whatever when the heck was the last TFT set? I don't know. Anyways, he's been... I, I'm going to guess August. No, uh, no, no. I could no be wrong. No way it's been that long. No? Look it up. Look it up. I'm curious. I won't be surprised if it's before August even. I think it's it was... been quite some time. Wait, it was... He got released on the 21st of July? There you go, man. Dude. I told you. When was Vex released? Dex was the 23rd of September. Wow, that's it's literally been five months. Which is so crazy, crazy how long this champion has existed and we still haven't seen him in pro play. I mean, some people have probably been watching uh, the LPL or um, what's the, the tournaments that they do over the, like, the, the holidays? What's, what's that tournament called? Oh, the VCS. They did their season over the holidays. Oh, oh no, man, not that. Oh, XD. No, uh, oh, the Demacia Cup or whatever, right? Oh, that thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess they've probably been played in that. I didn't really pay attention. But the point is, these champions have been out forever, and we're finally going to see them. Now, that doesn't even mean that I'm, like, upset that we didn't see them, because, like, your, like your point, the point that you were making is, like, these champions on release are always so busted. And so, oh, don't it's worry. a good thing we didn't see them for so long. Don't worry. <laughs> Riot so said in their videos this offseason that their champions that they released, their kits aren't overloaded, and that they're released in a balanced state. Don't worry, you. I watched got that us video, covered. and I, I wasn't even upset that they said that. I was just more upset that they thought they could say that and not let it get grow into some meme. I was like, Dude. oh, no, you can't say that. I was like, I, I know, if there's one thing I know, the community is not going to like that you said that, that they don't think their kits are overloaded. I was like, this is going to be the next 200 years meme. And Dude, when the dislike button... of a meme, but it's a pretty big meme. Like, when the dislike button still existed on YouTube, like, people dislike bombed the shit out of that video. I remember it was at, like, almost 100k dislikes, like, within a week. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we're carrying on here. Uh, other big changes uh, that have come into the game. Uh, the new dragons, obviously, I think are the biggest one uh, from this new season. We have the Hextech Drake and the Chemtech Drake. For whatever reason, if you don't know what they do, I'll just say it very quickly. Hextech Drake gives you ability haste and attack speed and like a static shiv-like auto attack when you get the soul. And Chemtech Drake, you know, it creates these, you know, K 
camouflaged zones on the map. You get Scion passive when you die. You deal percentage more damage. That's for Soul, to... the Scion passive, just to yeah. clarify. The Soul gives you Scion passive, which is uber broken. Uh, nobody likes the Chemtech Drake, both the Soul and the map, and even the individual dragons, because they're pretty much useless um, when ahead. The individual dragons are tank busters, right? Yeah. It's like 6% to people that have more health than you or something? Yeah, it's a percentage extra damage when your person you're attacking has more health than you. So it's yeah. kind of like useless when ahead and only good when behind and not even that good if there's no tanks in the game and there are very few tanks in the game just overall right now, so. Yeah. And well, I wonder if part of that, so stop me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that for the preseason, they made it so that the Chemtech and Hextech Drakes were more commonly spawned so people learn to play with or around them. Is that right? Um, Am I making things up? I, I I'm don't... pretty sure they said that they increased the the chances of those drakes being the uh, the soul. I don't know about that for normal games and everything like that, but I know on Ultimate Spellbook, you could only get the Chemtech ah. Drake and Hextech Drake soul. So okay. I don't know about normal well, games because at that time I was playing a lot of spellbooks. So. Don't take it for... I guess what I'm saying is I'm not 100% on that, but I think that was the case. And so that could have technically warped the... Uh, preseason meta and so maybe that'll change my guess is since they still have all the drakes that like it should be one in six chance of getting each dragon individually um and, and i would say that that would probably be the most impactful change on the game if if it was more common than one out of six i guess in this case two out of six dragons but i'm thinking the chemtech one is the most ridiculous one yeah i think that it would have a more of a crazy impact on the game if it was happening more than one in every six games um, but because it only happens, like, I, I don't think it'll have that much of an impact on the game just because of how, um, many games you'll have to play to get that Drake. Whereas like when we were talking about before with Akshon and Vex, I think the the champions themselves will have the largest impact on the meta and on the game altogether going into the season, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, the last thing just to really talk about in terms of big changes, which is my personal one that I think is going to have the biggest change are the teleport changes. Um, so basically, they, they made some pretty big changes to teleport to where pre-14 minutes... Is it 15 minutes? 14 minutes? 14, I think. Pre-14 sure minutes, you are only allowed to teleport to ally towers. And then after that, you get what is called unleashed teleport, uh, which is just basically what teleport used to be teleport is, where you yeah. could teleport to ally towers ally wards ally minions ally pets ally uh you know creatures that you can spawn in um so those are really the big changes that i think is going to have a huge impact mainly because we've just seen how broken teleport as a summoner spell is for basically the last like four or five years there, there's been points in the meta where teams are literally taking upwards to four teleports on their team, where we would see, you know, I remember back in season eight, we would see top take TP, mid take TP, 80 take TP, and support would go spellbook to take TP multiple times throughout the game because, you know, season eight and season nine really just like really changed the meta of this whole early game fighting, contesting early objectives, contesting vision and everything. And with these teleport changes, you know, you're not going to be able to see both teams go for offensive plays where, you know, you're going to be tower diving somebody and you also bring your top laner to TP down or 
Use it defensively to, if you're getting tower dived, you can have your mid and top TP, you know, to your, to your own uh, minions or tower to defend it. So it's, it's really going to be, you know, I feel like a much more different game in the early game. And we'll have to see if, you know, players maybe opt for more combat summoners um, in their lanes, whether or not we see a lot of Ignite top lane. Because we have seen, a, you know, a little bit of Ignite top specifically in the last year with champions like Akali, champions like Camille. Um, so, you know, it'll kind of just be a guessing game of what summoner spells people are going to take with regards to what champion they have or, you know, what the play style of the game is going to be like. Because if we see a lot of Ignite in the top lane, we're going to be seeing a whole lot of early tower dives with enemy junglers maybe coming up level 3, level 2, stuff like that. Um, we could see a lot of Exhaust, which might bring like a ton of bruisers in the top lane. Like, I feel like this could go like a number of different ways. But the most likely scenario probably is that people just continue to run TP, but the early game will just be, you know, maybe a bit less aggressive. Yeah. So my gut instinct when I see this is I hate the change. I will say that I'll, I'll wait and see. And, and, you know, I don't want to have a biased opinion before we even see what the game looks like. I want to give it a couple of months and see how I think like the change to, to teleport has impacted the game before I give a real opinion. But my instinct is I hate this. I really liked the idea that a top laner could force, like, if a top laner got an advantage on you in lane, he would force you to TP and be able to save his own, which would give pressure around the map. Now, you could use the TP advantage that you gained in lane to influence other lanes. So, like, that was an area where, like, yes, you're running TP as a top laner, but you could actually start carrying the game from the top lane with just the pressure just by winning lane. And I liked that almost any role in the game, or pretty much any role in the game, could have the opportunity to carry games. I feel like this takes away from that a little bit with how common it was to run TP in the top lane. So there's that. The other thing that I want to mention, and I, I wanted to talk about this before when we were talking about 100 Thieves, but I held back because I knew we were going to talk about this, is I think 100 Thieves is actually the most affected team by this in the league. For those that don't remember, 100 Thieves always, always, always was very proactive in making that TP play in the bot lane. Their bot lane was usually winning lane because they're a really good bot lane. And they would force that dive bot and that's where they would get a lot of their advantages. So even though I predict 100 Thieves to win the lock-in tournament, and I think they're one of the better teams we have in our league, I do worry about this change for them specifically because I think they were one of the best teams in the LCS at utilizing the early TP. And so that's where I'm a little bit monka s for, for 100 Thieves. Um, I think they'll be the most affected. Yeah, I, I do think, you know, it's just really going to depend on the direction that ends up being taken because I see, I see it just going one of two ways, kind of. You know, there's going to be the way where everyone still takes TP, everything is still the same, but the early game just gets very slowed down pre-14 minutes. We're seeing less fighting, we're seeing less early contesting, and it might just all be about strictly lane phase, you know, kind of playing safe if you're the scaling team or if you're the team that is running like a tank utility top laner, you know, you're probably going to like just lose your lane, go down 20 CS and be, and be playing for late game. But then we're going to see this other side of the coin maybe where we're going to see a lot of combat summoner spells in both mid and top. And that might kind of help the teams that have these more aggressive mechanical, you know, top laners. Uh, the main person that I'm looking at, I think in that regard is Cloud9. Because I think it's very clear that this team is going to be like a very mechanically proficient and aggressive team. I think that was one of the main reasons why LS and I think the rest of the community is really high on Summit because his laning was super, super great. He, he was one of the best laners in the LCK, people said. Again, this is, this is not my opinion. This is what other people have said. And, you know, he wasn't too, too far behind, you know, like the likes of Nuguri back in Season 10 and the likes of, like, Akan and whatnot. Like, he, he was kind of like that step down from those top echelon, you know, those top tier 
uh, laners in the LCK. So, you know, I personally like the changes. Um, I do think the meta and the overall flow of games has become a little bit stale and kind of just rinse and repeat. Like, oh, we have pressure in our lane. Let's go TP and dive them. Oh, we're kind of losing the lane. Like, yo, top laner, come TP down to our lane. Oh, it's dragon time. Everyone TP. Like, I don't know. Like, like I just... Mm. I like this mainly because I think it's going to bring like a shakeup in the meta because I don't think with that, like without these changes, I think we're going to see a very similar meta to season 11. Um, and I kind of like the, you know, the tempo of the game to be a bit screwed up by this change. And it's going to, it's going to, we're going to see a lot of experimentation, I think. I think we'll have to see more mobility, which seems like every year we're looking like the meta just becomes more advantageous to those with mobility. Yeah. But let's say you're able to run a top laner that can run Ignite or, or Exhaust or something like that, but can also have a lot of mobility and get down to the dragon fight in time. That's something that will be really, really valuable if uh, there's a champion that's not too weak um, to be able to do something like that. So. Uh, and range, as Lamau LP points out yeah, in the live chat. You know, we ha we'll have to see if, you know, champions like Shen or champions like Galio just like shoot up in priority because of how I would impactful have to imagine Shen. those alts are. Because, like, yeah. the main way that you'd have to, like, you know, if, if Galio is ulting bot lane or if Chen is ulting bot lane, like, you either need to respond with your TP to try to save that play, or you just got to accept that you're probably going to lose that fight and then, you know, push your lane and reset or whatever. So, you know, we could see, you know, a lot more global ultimate champions, like a Twisted Fate even. Like, that champion might be even more broken than it already was at the end of Season 11 because of these TP changes. Yeah, I've always been one to say that I think Shen is just great for pro play. And I think this change obviously makes him just a lot much more better because he's got that TP built into his kit, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Now, we were going to bring back Pop Off and Bean Soup this week however jnt i can't even tell you what my pop-off is i couldn't come up with one seriously about the changes for uh for the yeah for the changes to season 12 do you have one i legit don't have one i like the tp changes personally yeah see i i feel like i'm a negative nancy this week because i didn't like any of the of the changes really i didn't feel like we needed new dragons i didn't really feel like we needed new items but again like i said oh before, we definitely did not need the new dragons that is for sure that sucks bean soup chemtech drake sucks hextech drake <laughs> is just like boringly annoying like it's just like oh there's a portal oh thanks um they're in my jungle already thank you very much they've gotten into my jungle like within said, five seconds from the enemy base like I said, I will. I I my I have gut instincts that I don't like these things, but I I will try to refrain judgment. I'll try to give them a fair shot, if you will. I'll see how the games are going and see if I really do like these kinds of things. But for now, most of it I don't really like. And I think, like I said, bean soup for me is the the TP until 14 minutes. I don't like that at all. I really don't like that change. Um, but again, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. What's next, Jinter? Well, we got some uh, some ninety fifty ten predictions, uh, Prediction which are time. which is a very common thing to do, I guess, on Reddit and Twitter. Um, feel like it's a it's kind of like a year round thing, like when the season starts, when MSI starts, when World starts. Everyone throws out their little ninety fifty ten predictions. If you don't know what that is, it's basically just a prediction that you have ninety percent confidence in, fifty percent confidence in, and ten percent confidence in. Okay, uh, we should go all three of them at a time and then let the other person pick them apart. You, let, you good to do it that way? Sure. You want me to start or you want to start? I'll start. Go for it. Wait, do you want to start at 90 or start at 10? Yeah, 90, 50, 10. Okay, 
Team Liquid will win the split. <laughs> oh, okay. It's gonna happen, like. Oh, wait till you hear mine. <laughs> okay. Well, that's mine. So there you go. Go ahead. What's fifty? What's fifty? Oh, oh, that's how you wanted to do it. Okay. Yeah. Go ninety, fifty, ten. Uh, fifty percent. TSM will finish outside of top six. Okay. Wow. Meaning they won't make spring playoffs. You think it's a fifty? Yeah. Wait. You're talking for spring for both of them, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, that, and that's then kind of surprising. Outside of top six, fifty fifty. Wow. Okay. And then ten percent. Fudge is actually as good as he says he is, and will be the MVP. Okay, ten percent. Whoa. I don't know, dude. I got faith in Fudge. I like the uh, the bold prediction. Um. So, I I yeah I I can't get behind uh your fifty percent. But the TSM is not going to be outside of top six. I think that there would be more likely to be a 10% chance that TSM is outside of the top six. So, well, here's my thing. Well, what I'll say is, yeah, this go ahead. is defend, some... you defend your point before I tear it apart. Well, th this has been, I wouldn't say heavily influenced by, but somewhat influenced by the fact that in TSM statement, they said that their team hasn't played together at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's going to be a huge language barrier on this team because I think they said this team is going to presumably speak in Mandarin and then Spica is basically going to be in-game translating for them saying, oh, this is like, this guy said this, this guy said this, here, Huni and Tactical. So from what we know, I believe, this team hasn't played together at all. They're also going to be speaking two languages during game and that's usually not a recipe for success. I know I will seed the point that this is a fairly common thing, and we do see a lot of successful teams do this over in the LPL and the LCK. I think if I remember correctly, IG, when they won Worlds, spoke two languages on that team, both Chinese and Korean, when they had the Shy and Rookie. Uh, so, you know, you know, that was obviously a very successful team. They won Worlds, but those are individually some of the best players in the world. Whereas look at this TSM roster, I just don't really have a lot of confidence in it. Um, and I think, you know, with the barriers that they already have with their team not being together at all, having no practice, and them having to speak two languages uh, is just not a recipe for success. Okay, so let me say that I can see a world where this happens. I just don't like that that's your 50%. I could see this being more of a 10%, maybe a 20 I don't know. But I definitely don't think that this is a 50% chance that TSM finishes out of the top six. Um, I guess my first question, and, and I guess not so much, I said before to tear it apart. That's not really my goal here. My, my main goal is to like pick your brain here to, to kind of challenge it. My, my question is, who is going to finish ahead of them for them to finish seventh or worse? Immortals and Golden Guardians. Okay. So I don't see a world where Golden Guardians is better. I could see a world where Immortals is. I don't see a world where Golden Guardians is better than TSM. Um, I'm not going to go too far into it because we've kind of already done that with, with uh, Golden Guardians. I, I just don't think that their roster is that good. Uh, again, I mentioned my doubts about Licorice. I mentioned my doubts about Lost and Ole. That's three big enough question marks for me to say that I don't think they will be better than TSM. Now, that doesn't mean that I have full confidence in TSM because I do think there is good reason to be a little bit weary. But I think there's also some good reason to be optimistic that they come from what is probably the best solo queue region maybe second best i suppose um but definitely one of the better regions and from a region where clearly they have a lot of players to pick from as far as their development is concerned from the ldl 
I don't think you can just completely write off these players and say that you take some of the best prospects from the from from China and that they're going to finish bottom of the LCS. That would be pretty su- surprising, although possible. Um, OPL imports don't have the best track record over here. Okay, sure. The other the other thing is, and I, I even though I don't agree with it, I love it. The the licorice, uh, or excuse me, the um the fudge. MVP I don't know. One. I thought I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I I do like it. I do like it. I just don't necessarily agree with it. Um, that would be amazing. And the other thing too is you got to remember, like, there's a lot of people, myself definitely included, that had doubt in Fudge last year, and so I'm a little bit hesitant to uh, to doubt him again. But a role swap into MVP, I I don't know, man. I I just don't see it happening. Um, but I definitely like your uh. I don't know, guts. I uh-huh. guess. Dude, they're bold predictions. Like, yeah, on. yeah. No, uh, by all means. I'm not gonna pick um, some boring shit. Like, that'd be whack. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm right there with what you. But what so about I'm my, waiting. what about my TL ninety percent? They're gonna win spring. Well, that's mine. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> that's why I was laughing before. Is mine was TL Team Liquid wins a split. Oh, a split. Ninety percent confidence okay. that they're gonna win a split. If it's a like, split, it's gonna be hundred percent. I don't think it's 100%. Oh, dude. Hey, I said this before. I could see 100 Thieves winning both. I could see 100 Thieves and Cloud9 splitting. I could see, like, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of different possibilities, I would say. Yeah. I think it's 90% sure that TL's going to win a split, though. I think that by the end of the year, they're going to be the best team. That's my pick anyways. My 50-50 is EG goes to Worlds. Mm. Oh, so you're going whole year. Okay, I was just doing spring, but... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. You could do yeah, whatever yeah. the hell oh, you yeah. want. Any predictions mm-hmm. for the year. So, like I said, I'm really, really interested in the EG lineup. Um, but I do have some worries. Uh, I will remind that even though you and I continue to have faith in Impact in summer, he did not have the greatest summer split. Um, I don't want to forget that Impact has been one of the most solid players in the LCS since he joined. I don't want to just completely discount that. But I do worry once I see people have what I would say is mostly a bad split um for for his level of gameplay i wasn't like it's not like he was a bottom uh like a 10th place uh top laner but the point is that i definitely didn't think impact lived up to what we've come to expect from impact last year in summer specifically the other thing is i would say the same thing about vulcan and even though it's hard for support especially a playmaking support which was what we used to see at a vulcan to make plays on a team that's just struggling, especially when I mentioned many times that I didn't think Blabber looked that great. Half the games, Blabber was running it down and looked really inconsistent. It's hard to shine on a team that is very, like, hit or miss in the early game. So I'm willing to give Vulcan another shot, but I'm not full confident that he will be the level of Vulcan that we've seen as well. And so those are two kind of question marks that I have for this lineup, and I haven't even gotten into the two rookies, or I guess Danny's, like, sophomore Sophomore. i guess but it is the sophomore slump that's that's a real thing the point stands that like we these are not absolute known quantities what you're getting from jojo pyun and from danny even though we've seen some really promising things from both of them now i would also say that one of the best things you could do for young players like this is to put them around veterans like vulcan impact and inspired who a lot of people myself included continued to say that he was the best western jungler last year so there's lots of reasons to be optimistic and lots Ego of reasons abuser. to be pessimistic. Lots of reasons to be pessimistic about this team. And so that's why I put them at the 50-50. My 10% is that Cloud9 reaches their goals. Because I will remind people that LS said that they should win both splits, if I'm not mistaken. 
And was it make semis at Worlds? That feels more unlikely than the fudge thing. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say. I'll say. It's like a one percenter right there, dog. <laughs> yeah, and anyways, that, that I guess that's maybe why I couldn't be too hard on your your ten percent for fudge. Um, I can't believe I love that he came out with that prediction. I just think, or not even prediction, expectation or whatever. I just that's a lot to live up to, man. When there's so many question marks on Cloud Nine. Yeah, like I, I know, I remember when we were talking about this Whoa, back on the Weldon CLG days. Like, it was like pretty idiotic of him to set the, like these very lofty goals, and those are some pretty lofty goals for LS and Cloud Nine. But I don't think that's out of reach in comparison to you know what Weldon said back then, saying how that CLG was going to be the best team in the in the in the in this LCS when they were literally the tenth place team. Uh, so Lama, so lo, sorry to cut you off, but Lamau LP in the live chat's helping me out here with what LS said. He said anything less than semis is a disappointment. Hey, so thank you for that. There's a yeah. good chance you're gonna get disappointed there, bro. That's what I think too. That's what I think. I think this is crazy. So I, I was very critical of Blabber last year. Nothing's changed. Like I mean, the off season happened. We haven't seen much. I still don't think I have that much confidence in Blabber, even though we have seen him be one of the greatest junglers at some point uh Dude, it springs it's spring split blobber pops off every spring split yeah unfortunately to make it to semis you have to play better for much more than just the spring split hey so i'm, I'm definitely worried there you got fudge roll swapping you got possible language barriers the, the list goes on of like i don't even know what to expect we don't know when all the players are going to show up there's so many like uh-ohs and even though i mentioned before like i don't think cloud nine should just be forgotten i don't think they should be held up as this automatic team like ls is putting out there to win spring and summer and then not make and make semis at worlds like that is a lot to live up to and uh i love the spice but i don't see it happening and so i gave it the 10 anything yeah. uh anything you need to flame there jnt no you got to respect ls for just going out and you know speaking his mind in terms of what he you know, how he believes in these players that he's brought in and this team that he's going to build with Summit, Winsome, and Berserker. You know, LS is like, he's hyping up Berserker. Like, he said Berserker is the next Gumayushi, basically. Like, he said to what Gumayushi was before Teddy, like, that's what Berserker is to Gumayushi. So that's, like, some pretty, like, big shoes to fill considering, what, is it fair to say that Gumayushi's probably, like, the best AD in the LCK right now? Or at least going into this next season? Like, I don't know, because I didn't watch enough LCK to have, like, a strong opinion. Well, I just, uh, well, I mean, I just... I watched a fair amount, but not enough to say with full confidence. I guess just based off of what we saw from him at Worlds in comparison to the rest of the world, like, he was playing really well. So, Like, if you were to ask me, and again, remember, uh, G fan, but I, I would probably go with Ruler before I took Gumayushi. Oh, I, that's I true. I don't feel that confident because, again, I only watched about half of the LCK games last year, maybe a little bit less than half. So, eh, I don't I don't feel that confident. If anyone told me I was crazy, I'd be like, fine, whatever. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. There's too many question marks around Cloud9. But I will say, though, is that when someone comes out and makes like predictions like that or holds themselves to that kind of standard, I think LS has done a better job of hyping up the LCS the year than anyone on the LCS broadcast or staff or any of True. the other LCS teams or anything. He's done the best job of it. And so the season hasn't started yet. Not even lock-in hasn't even started yet. And I think we're already seeing some of the benefits of having LS in, in the league as a coach. So, 
I mean, what can you say? It's kind of pog. Maybe I'll give I'll give him the pop off that I didn't have before because his uh, predictions for his own team is kind of hype, and it makes me more excited to watch Cloud Nine. Yeah, I mean, he's either going to be the biggest five head, or he's just going to get like memed into uh, oblivion. And it's not even a just three for, head look; it's like a two and a half yeah. or one. Just for his sake, I hope Cloud Nine pops off because the community is going to ream him if yeah. he puts if he's like the per, if he's the reason why Cloud Nine like goes into the dumps. He is one and a half head if he, if they uh, if they fall apart. But I mean, that's that's why you got to give props, right? Because someone like he knows. He knows the that if, if things go bad, people are going to point to him. Mm-hmm. And he's he he's that. taking a big risk. But what I will and say he didn't is, have to. That's the other thing yeah. too. I know we've talked about this before, but he didn't have to. He is set doing his co streams and just watching the leagues and just doing his own content. He did not have to jump into a coaching role in what is obviously the worst of the major regions. But he did, and then predicts big. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm done going on about it, but it's pretty pog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll just be interesting to see how Cloud Nine as a team just kind of plays out. Um, one thing that I always am a believer in is if you're gonna if you're gonna do something out of the ordinary or you know out of the meta in terms of a, a perceived play style, whether or not we see like some very obscure champion picks from a guy like LS, who is very vocal about these kind of wacky champions who he always puts in like his S tier, Z tier champion tier lists. Um, I'm all for either going hundred percent full force in, into the off meta stuff or not doing it all. I, I don't think you should be like somewhere in the middle there, like half committed to this different style and like half committed to like the meta. Like I see it as go, go completely that one way or, or go the other way. So I'm kind of glad, you know, in that sense that we're going to see a, probably a much different look at a Cloud9 than the rest of the league, and that'll that'll just make it interesting. Yeah. Nothing else to flame about my 90-50-10? Uh, you picked the same one as me, so you're boring. <laughs> you copied me. Dude, as soon as you said it, I was like, God damn it. I, I mean, uh, what else you could you do? Me. Like, try, Let's try to think about this real quick. What else could you do for a 90%? CLG's going to be the 10th like- place team. <laughs> It's actually 100%. My bad. Sorry. I can't even do it at 90 because it's 100%. Nice. I it can like be the that. 90. It can be the 90 and the 10 combined. Yeah. Okay. Um, there you go. On that note, who is your team at the end of the year? Who's your number one team? Who do you think is the num- number one seed representing NA at the end team of the year? your prediction for that. So your TL and CLG I, 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 1 and 10. I just really can't see a world where they're not winning. Like, honestly. I'm going... The, yeah, on, the, 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 the only world the only ten. world is cloud nine like it just works and they pop off and summit is that good and fudge is that good and berserker is that good um that's the only world i see it in because i think just like pound for pound tl in comparison to the other top rosters in uh eg 100 thieves maybe tsm i don't know i don't count them uh just like straight up player for player they have the best roster <laughs> Yeah, or unless TL has food poisoning, as Lamau points out in the live mm-hmm. chat, or they all get migraines very, like Centaurin. Very possible. We'll we'll give that a we'll give that a ten percent of, of that happening. Um, and, and I will say that I still think there is a chance that one hundred thieves can compete with them by the end of the year. But I'm still going TL as number one and Dignitas, as I mentioned earlier, as the number ten team. Um, I have a little bit more faith in CLG than you, but CLG sucks balls. People, I am not a CLG fan anymore. Or at least I don't have to be, I guess. I don't know. It is yeah, nice to not be held to that anymore. I feel a lot more free. Okay, moving along. Out another team. I'll have to figure out another team to commit myself. No to more CLG talk. Moving along. Okay. 
All right, go ahead. What's uh, next? We'll go into the quick news. We're going to keep it very quick. Our goal this cool. year is to try to make quick news actually quick because it's never quick. So, uh, first up, there's only two things. Uh, Mark Z posted a little update video on YouTube talking about uh, a bit of an LCS broadcast update. Um, he was basically saying that he's no longer going to be a permanent member on the broadcast. And that's been unfortunately due to the broadcast shifting back down to two days as opposed to three days. Basically, there's two permanent people on the broadcast now with a rotating third, and he's presumed presumably in that rotating third. So we're definitely going to see a lot less people on the LCS broadcast this year, um, which is just kind of weird considering that they did like this whole big broadcast expansion last year where they added a bunch of people like Emily Rand and everything, and they had a ton of rotating people, including you know pro players who had played earlier in the day and then kind of joined the desk for the remainder of the games afterwards. Um, it just, you know, feels like the broadcast is going to be a bit smaller now. So, so I kind of like I that. I think, yeah, yeah I, I'm sad because obviously I'm a big fan of Mark, but I think one of the reasons is, and I've heard them, uh, I've heard different personalities say so many times that they want to try to get more players on the desk after their games or something like that. I feel like they probably don't want a crowded analyst desk if they're going to have players on. I mean, we still don't know if that's happening, but if that's the goal, I could see that being one of the reasons as to maybe why he's not full-time anymore. The other thing is, like, who do you think are going to be the, the full-timers on the desk? Um, well, obviously, this doesn't include Dash because he's the host. But right. I would assume it's going to be... Oh, wait, actually. I was going to say, if it's two permanent people, then that doesn't mean, like, Azale and Kobe and all those guys are going to be on there because they'll be the rotating person. Yeah. Well, and they also Jad. could be, like, casters as well. So I, that's where that's I was going back. with this. I could see Jack. That's where I was going with this. I, I want to. See, I'd rather. I'd rather him cast though than be on the desk. I could see Emily being there. Oh, oh yeah, Emily Rand's one of those people. Hundred percent. She she's new, but she did a great. Oh, she's job. great. A lot of people really liked Emily she's there great. as well. Um. Yeah, so, she she's yeah. one of those two people. Hundred percent. I know that they let go of. Did they let go of crumbs or? And he like retired. Retire? Whatever. I just remember he tweeted out saying that he was no longer going to be part. I don't of even remember who was on the broadcast team last year at all because I didn't watch that shit. Well, and what did we watch, JNT? Let's get into that. Perfect we watched here. the co-streams. Uh, just this morning, uh, the LCS kind of put out a statement with regards to the LCS watch parties, as they call it, which is just what the co-streaming is. Um, and we kind of got some bad news on that front because they said that co-streams are only going to be allowed during the lock-in tournament. Uh, LCS Super Weeks, which are have not explicitly been said, but are presumed to be the first week of the season, Week one, um, the middle week of the season, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because there's eight weeks. Um, so whether that's week four or five, whatever. And the last week of the season, week eight, plus the playoffs for both spring and summer. So that kind of sucks because <laughs> yeah. we have pretty much exclusively watched the co-streams for almost the last, I would say, year and a half. Not exclusively, but... 80% of the time, Mostly. we're 80 to 85% of the time, we are watching the co streams, and we're usually watching that trio of Doublelift, Medios, and Sneaky. And to hear that they're not going to be running the co streams on just normal LCS weekends kind of sucks because, you know, we're, we're, there's going to be times where we're going to have like days where there's going to be no marquee matchups, and it's going to be bad team versus bad team, and then like top team versus bad team, and there's going to be no like. C9 versus Team Liquid or C9 versus TSM or EG versus 100 Thieves or 100 Thieves versus Team Liquid. Like, there's just going to be days where, like, it's going to be stale as shit. 
And to have like there be no funnies in the background with Double If Medios and Sneaky is just gonna I feel like make me less likely to like want to watch these games and like be less interested in them. So I agree is is the short form, but obviously I, I gotta go into it a little bit more than that. Um I loved the co-streams. I thought they were absolutely hilarious. And I mean, I told you, JNT knows because a lot of times we watch the games together. I am sometimes like hysterically laughing at some of the shit that Mm -hmm. they do on those co-streams. So like there's a lot of good that came out of those. However, I can totally see why they stopped the co-streams. And that's because there was a lot of flame that would happen. Um, God, there was so much flame, especially usually from Doublelift. However, my thought process here is like, what did you think would happen? Like, has Doublelift ever not given his honest opinion? Has he ever, like, his mantra is everyone else is trash. What did you think was going to happen when you decided to do co-streams and you were allowed, like, uh, that's the part that I don't get is like, they do the co-streams and they're like, oh, like maybe this isn't a bad idea because they're bashing all the players. Like, I, I, I guess I just thought that I could, we could have seen this coming from a mile away, that they were going to flame players when they're playing bad. And the thing is, it's not like it's only flame. Like, don't get me wrong. I do think that there was too much flame from them. But there was a lot of times that they're like, oh, my God, this player is popping off. And even on Hotline tonight, um, Peter Dunn was mentioning how Jizuke was getting hard flamed. And that is true. But I also do remember that once Jizuke started to play better, they did give him a lot of praise as well. And I think that there's like maybe a little bit too much focus on the negative, um, despite that I I do think they were too negative at times. I think that saying that they were only negative comments doesn't really um, properly paint the picture of what was coming out of the co-streams. Um, but there's other issues on top of that as well. Like you were talking about JNT about like if there's boring teams to watch. For me... I don't think that they did a good job of making those games more hype, which I think you could get out of casting from like Captain Flowers, for example. So I actually think that getting rid of the co-streams is better for when it's FlyQuest versus uh, Immortals or whatever it is. I actually think that the regular broadcast would do a better job for those games. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's a little bit... Um, my opinion is a little bit biased, obviously, because, you know... For me, there's not a whole lot that I gain from watching the broadcast in terms of understanding the game and learning what's going on. And like, not to say that like, oh, wow, like uh, this fucking guy is on his like high road and I'm so knowledgeable and shit. It's just like, you know, at a, at a certain point, it does get a little bit repetitive. Like we know what's going on. Like we know what's happening. You know, I know what's happening at least. So I always enjoyed that little co-stream banter within and, you know, us getting you know, individual opinions from from a doublet, from a sneaky, from a media. So when a play happens or a player is doing something or a player has built this certain item and, you know, they have like a little mini discussion about it as opposed to, you know, when you're watching the normal broadcast, like they got to keep the flow of the game going. They got to talk about what they need to talk about. And so I always found that extra value in those little, you know, small, quick 30 second to one minute conversations that those players have throughout the games. And I feel like that's something that's going to be really missed, you know, going into only you know only having to watch the broadcast on certain weeks and the co-streams really helped to fill a lot of dead space that there was in a lot of these lcs games like we would see some fucking snooze fests during these games where there would be like i don't know it would be like clg versus like dignitas and it would be like five kills to one at 30 minutes into the game and people are like flipping baron and flipping dragon soul and it's just like a huge fiesta 
And then you just have like the co-streamers like they're just laughing because of how horrible this gameplay is. And rightfully so, because like this is clearly (laughs) not what you need to be doing to win the game. They still do it anyway. And it's just like at a certain point, like the entertainment that you get from that is just kind of like outweighs the like professional casting. So I don't know. I do agree with you, though. I think there are, you know, there are some benefits to this. Like it's not all bad. Um, I think it is good that like. I, I do also think you're correct in that it probably adds a little bit more professionalism in terms of these more bottom tier games that are clearly, you know, these aren't the top teams and this isn't the best gameplay, but the casters do a really good job of of keeping the game on track, focused, and, you know, keeping people invested in the game despite whatever might be going on. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like for the viewership, like, this has got to be, like, a really weird thing because... You would have to think that a lot of people wanted to watch the LCS or wanted to watch these co-streams because their favorite personality was doing it. Because yeah. Doublelift was was streaming the LCS and co-streaming it, like, oh, I'm a fan of Doublelift, but I'm not really a fan of the LCS. Now I'm going to watch the LCS because of Doublelift. And now you're just not going to do that. Like, if you're not a person who's interested in LCS, but you are interested in Doublelift, like, now there's even less opportunity for that person to get exposure to the LCS broadcast. And I feel like it's basically like a neutral negative here in terms of viewership. Like. At the best, you're going to retain all these co-streaming viewers that just jump back to the broadcast. And at worst, you're going to lose a solid percentage of these viewers because they're not invested in the, pro- the, the broadcast and the product itself. They were just invested in the personalities. Yeah, I wonder that as well. And, and the, the reason why I was holding back some of my laughing is because I started thinking about some of the conversations that would happen um, that I, I'm not going to talk about because they're kind of inappropriate. But that's the idea is like they were inappropriate things to talk about during like commercials for honda or something yeah. like that like so that's something that was like really really funny and don't get me wrong i absolutely loved it because the timing could not have been more hilarious but a sponsor doesn't want to hear about some of the things they did in high school while they're trying to highlight like their honda cars or whatever the the dragon car or whatever the hell's going on like those are some of the conversations that you just can't have. And so as funny as it is and as sad as I am that I'm going to like that we're going to miss that stuff, I can totally see why that's just another reason why they would get rid of of the co-streams uh, at least for a little bit anyway. So much for quick news. Yeah. Well, that it's still pretty quick. We I don't here's the thing with quick news. I think the issue with our quick news isn't that it wasn't quick, it was that there's too many things, man. Yeah, like no, if we there's conversation to be things. had, we should have that conversation. That's what I think we should tell people of how we're going to try to change quick news this year. Is it's not that we necessarily need it to be shorter, but like I think we're just throwing in way too many things in quick news. So I think that's going to be our goal for for this year, as far as quick news is concerned. It's not so much to shorten the time necessarily, um, even though I think that'll be a byproduct, but just less things that people just don't give a shit about. So, anyways, anyways. Is that it for... That's it, right? Yeah. That's it for the episode. So our episode was a little bit shorter, as we're also going to try to do, trying to shorten the episode. Yeah, so you guys none can. of these two-hour bangers. We'll try not to. Can't really promise anything, guys. But uh, I think J&T just want to say that we're both happy to be back doing it. We're happy for you guys that... Uh, to have you guys back that are, that are tuning in. We always appreciate you guys. And if I need to remind you, like I did so many times last year, remember to hit the subscribe button uh, on YouTube and on Twitch, actually. And like the uh, we're, video. We're, gonna, we're going to continue to, to do our shows same time. Uh, Monday nights is, is the plan after Hotline League, generally. And uh, 
Yeah, even though there's no dislike button. Oh, I don't know what. I guess you could hit the dislike button. We're not going to see it, though, I guess. I don't know how that works. Hit the like button, though. That one we'll see. That one we will see. Uh, anything you want to shout out, Jinter? Uh, nope. All right. We will see you guys next week. Hope you guys are along with us for the rest of the year. This has been episode 68 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. Bye until next Monday.